Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I'm Pastor John. The ministry of Headed Home is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find and answer the tough questions and remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. That's hitting them notes. Eddie, I'm going to get my lemon juice next time, brother. Is box on? Please. Okay, good. Here we go. Great. Well, again, another day quickly comes to a close. It, I just said this. I was talking to Eddie and I were actually talking this morning. It feels like we were here two weeks ago last week. It is... And then Eddie was saying, oh, yeah, the uh, went down on the missions trip was in 2011, did you say? 13 years ago, if any of y'all remember, went down to Anniston, Alabama. I cannot believe that it's been that long. It is just like, and I am no kidding, it is just, I just wish I could go back to when I was in Miami, Florida, those times I was telling you about when the rain would come in at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I remember I wanted nothing more than to have my license. I mean, I just, y'all don't even know. By the time I was, this is not a joke, by the time I was five years old, my grandfather told me that if I memorized the driver's handbook, that he would buy me a, back then was called a ATC, a three-wheeler. Well, by the time I was five years old, I knew every single line from the Florida Department of Safety's driver's handbook. He followed through with it. He, he bought me an adult-sized three-wheeler when I was five years old. And uh, I remember, though, just wanting, thank you, to be older. So I, my brother had a, a Kawasaki 125 back then. It was an Enduro. It was a two-stroke. Now, remember, I'm five years old, and that thing to me was like this. And I couldn't even get on it and put my feet down. My feet hit the pedals, but it wouldn't go down and do anything. So when they would leave... I would get that thing, and I was big enough to get it up, and I was able to go, and I learned to jump start it in third gear. So while they were gone, I was on this street-legal motorcycle riding through the streets of Florida. Listen, thank you, Lord, but I remember back then the days seemed like years. I wish I could go back to those days. There was those beautiful pine groves, and I'd lay back there, and the, it's almost like a movie, honestly. It's so idyllic, the childhood that I had in that sense. But I would go back, and I wish I could go lay down in those pine needles. Anybody like whispering pines, the sound? There is nothing more incredible than the sound of whispering pines. But I remember those, and just hearing the, I don't know if it's cicadas back then or whatever it was, but I think, remember, cicadas is what it sounded like. But listening to those, and I can hear it like it's yesterday. The scary part about it is, that's uh, 44 years ago. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Because it doesn't feel like that. And the, the, the winds of time are blowing the sands of time. And the impressions we make in the sand, the only impressions that carry the weight of time are the ones we do for the Lord. Because all of the rest of them are gone away. Last year, I flew down to my childhood stomping ground in Florida for just, it was a 48-hour trip. But I went down there and went out on the beach, to the beach that the minute we moved to Miami, Florida, I didn't even remember it. I was two weeks old. My parents took me out on this beach. I have a picture of it. 
and we used to go to this beach until we adopted my sisters, but I remember going out on that beach. I remember nothing about it. Now, I, I, grew up, I went until I was eight or nine years old to that beach, but none of it. It's just like a totally foreign land to me. All of that stuff's passing away. Everything's going to change, but what doesn't change is the truth of God and his word. Long after everything that we have, I saw someone that had unearthed a Civil War button. That stuff fascinates me. Civil War does. I like the metal detecting things. But there was this button, and the ones that are still in the ground are really getting in bad shape. And somebody was commenting on that and just saying, you know, in a few short years, that stuff's not going to be there anymore. You know, I found a wick from uh, 1863. It actually had the maker's mark on it from a lantern from 1863. And I think about the years... You know, that was in the middle of a very terrible time in our country. But all of that stuff passes away. You know, the Indians, like at the bottom of our land, I found a big, huge place where they were making um, arrowheads. And I still haven't even unearthed them all. I've unearthed hundreds of them. But that's all that's left of what they did on our land. There's no pottery. There's none of that stuff. And everything that that is recognizable in their civilization is pretty much gone. That's what's going to happen to us one day. But what we did for Christ will endure. And that's what's important tonight. And what I I hope that you take away from tonight is what we have is our word. We have God's word, but then we have our word. And if you can, turn to your Bibles tonight to Deuteronomy chapter 23. Deuteronomy chapter 23. We're going to look at three verses, 21 through 23. And of something I think today needs to be said more than just about any time in history. Um, I grew up in a different time, as many of you did. We don't have too many young ones here. Uh, Tonight, all of them are over in life points. But back when I was young, and many of you would say, oh, you don't even know, right? When you were young, your word was your bond. When I was young, if you said you were going to do something, you did it. Back in 1997 or 8, I used to bank at First American here. People remember First American. It's been a long time ago. First American was around. But I was getting ready to go buy my airplane, and I went into First American, and I walked into First American, and I said, I'm going to go. I'm flying out tomorrow, and I'm going to probably buy an airplane. And I told the president of the bank, I said, I need X number of dollars, and it was a lot of money. And she walked into the safe. She handed me the stacks of money that totaled what I needed in $100 bills, and I said, what do I need to sign? She said, if you buy the plane, just come in next week when you get back and have a chance, and we can sign the paperwork. Go try that now. Not happen, is it? It's a different day and time, but really, and, and by that point, it was getting very rare. You had to have relationships like I had or like you have probably with people that you deal with to have those type of relationships. But back then, really, your word was your bond. And we're going to see tonight in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21 and uh, 323, that the Bible speaks to really important things about vows, our words, the covenants we make, the promises we make are extremely important. They matter to the Lord. And we think, well, that's Old Testament, Brother Jonathan. So I'm going to go ahead and give you another one if you'd like to put your thumb there so you can read it because there's good covenantal promises that transcend from Old Covenant versus New Covenant, right? 
So if the new covenant speaks to it, and the old covenant does, that would mean, in my opinion, to be doubly important, right? So let's just turn, if you want to, to, to keep a thumb there, and then turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. And you can keep your finger there. We'll start off in Deuteronomy chapter 23, and then we'll uh, just jump over at some point to Matthew chapter 5, just so you can see the cross-reference in the two. But if you found it, we're going to go ahead and get into our text, Deuteronomy chapter 23. If you're able, physically, let's stand out of reverence tonight for the reading of God's word, verses 21 through 23. <clears throat> if you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to keep it, because he will require it of you, and it will be counted against you as sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, it will not be counted against you as sin. Be careful to do whatever comes from your lips because you have freely vowed what you promised to the Lord your God. Father, thank you for your word tonight. This privilege we have, Lord, not only to open your word, but to hear you speak to the deepest recesses of our hearts, the battles, the struggles. Lord, challenge us, encourage us in accordance with your plan, your purpose, your will, all for your glory. Hide me behind the cross tonight, Lord, so that you alone may be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be seated. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to keep it because he will require it of you and it will be counted against you as sin. Now, when you think about the things that transcend from old to new or parallel, whatever you want to say, we know that that is not something that's in the law, the ceremonial law. God is giving you, basically, it's one of the moral things. It's one of those things that, hey, if you say something, do it. Be a person of your word. You really look at that, and it's part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. When you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you say it, you should do it. Jesus deals with everything, even including taxes. Oh, Lord, help us, right? Give unto Caesar, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, unto God what is God's. But the first thing I want to share with you comes out of that first part of the verse that I just shared with you again tonight, and it's this. Do not promise what you cannot fulfill. Do not promise what you cannot fulfill. Be a person of your word. What I was saying today, earlier this morning, even in the service about people that are, people are always watching us. The world is watching. The world has had enough of people that have the I love Jesus, God is my co-pilot bumper stickers, while giving people the, the finger out the window, shouting profanities, you know, oh, Brother Jonathan, that can happen. I've, listen, you don't even understand how many times people in stores have said, I don't like it on Sundays when Christians come in here because of the way they behave. This is not something that is some, the, it's not the exception. Sadly, it's become the norm. And I think that pastors all over, and I've challenged pastors to do it. I don't know how many have listened to it, but challenge our people to a standard of living that God's called us to be holy because he is holy. The world does not see the real Jesus lived out in the lives of so many Christians, so they disdain the very notion of what Christianity is because we have been bad ambassadors for the kingdom. We have not been faithful. And one of the good ways to start with it, and, and again, I hope that Longview is the exception even that realm. I pray that when you go out there, you are the exemplification of Christ and you hear things that I hear sometimes about people, in a sense, feeling that they could never live up to the standard that you even live up to as a follower of Christ, with which you go, whoa, 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 I don't know what you're seeing, but listen, 
I am just like you, saved by the grace and mercy of Christ Jesus. And it's by God's grace that I myself am not addicted, broken, and laying in a ditch this afternoon at 3 o'clock. So please, hey, don't ever put that weight of responsibility on me because I can fall just like anybody else. But then at the same time, say, I desire, as Paul said, look to me as I look to Christ. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a representation of, of what someone can follow and look to, most notably with this myriad of little ones that we have out here. I think I've, I've never, fa- I want, remember there's some been people that have come here that have had really good people personalities, dynamic personalities. I see those, I can pick them out the second they come in there. And I remember in particular had a very, very, very dynamic personality. Kids just gravitated to them. One day I said, hey, I want you to understand these kids look at you, every one of them. Not one of the kids in this church not looking up to you. Well, I don't want them to look up to me. Sorry, there's nothing you're going to be able to do, so you better be really careful. And as a matter of fact, I even shared the scripture with them about it's better to tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean than to lead a little one astray. That's a biblical, by the way, it's the only time in Scripture it references suicide. I don't know, you probably hadn't heard that one. I don't care what you do, just look in the, look in the Bible because that's what the Bible says. Not my words, God's words. So when God's word says it, read it, take it to heart, and live it. My thing about it is it's better not to lead a little one astray. Let's just start out and let's end with that, amen? Let's just live the gospel truth Let's be followers of Christ the same way when you're going to be a counselor, you don't go. What do I say on Sunday mornings? If somebody wants to sit down and hear the gospel, I will share it. Guys, what? One of our ladies will sit down with you. We've got to be important. We have to set up boundaries. 16 years later, those boundaries still have to be there. Why? Because the scripture says our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do you think that he is not a relentless hunter? I don't know who you are or what you're thinking, but he is. He's merciless. It doesn't matter if you're 16 years old or you're 96 years old. He still desires to destroy your testimony posthumously. Know when that is? After you're dead. How many people? I can't even list the number of people whose testimonies have been destroyed in the last 10 years after they were dead, unable to defend themselves any longer. By the way, I have problems with that. If you have something to say about somebody's character, I will encourage you, if nothing else, Longview Baptist Church, say it before they're dead. Take it up before they stop breathing. I think it's unfair to attack someone's character after they no longer can defend themselves. Amen? And by the way, the scripture says, entertain the accusation on the basis of what does scripture say? Two to three witnesses. Okay? So, it's important to follow God's word with this. Follow God's word. Follow God's word. Because the enemy is desiring to destroy everything that we represent. And tonight, do not promise what you cannot fulfill. Same little beautiful little mandate for us. Don't do what you can't with your, the old saying is, don't write a check that your body can't cash. Say you're going to do something that you cannot do because the world will say, do you see that? That's what Christianity is. And I'm going to share with you real quickly, Matthew 5, 37. You don't have to turn there, but if you have it, you can. I love this because this goes hand in hand with Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21 and 23. 
It says in Matthew chapter 5, 37, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Anything other than that is from the evil one. Some versions say Satan. Meaning, if you say it, do it, and if you don't do it, it came from the enemy. Let your yes be yes. Sure, I'll say you that. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to say you that. No, I, didn't, oh, I decided I didn't want to charge enough. I want to uh, charge you double. No, let your yes be yes, your no be no. If you opened your mouth and said, sure, I'll sell it to you for that. You know how many times I've lost money in life because I spoke too quick? Probably as many as you have, if not more. You know what? Don't speak if you're not willing to have integrity enough to do what you say you'll do. It's important. Again, the world is watching us, and the last thing they need is another person with an I love Jesus hat who's living like a swindler. The world needs to see the real Jesus lived out in our lives, and even most notably, point out there because that's where all of our little ones are tonight. They need to see parents that have integrity, that have character, brothers and sisters in Christ that have integrity and have character, and when they say they're going to do something, they do it. One of the things I'm seeing these days, and it bothers me, hey, uh, we're going to be doing this in uh, a week, uh, two, two weeks from now. Can you come? I don't know. I'll see, I'll see what's going on. Oh, really? I bet if somebody said they got game, one of y'all's games, y'all game people, got games to the whatever game, I got tickets to, I'm going to give you the tickets, free tickets to the game. <coughs> I'm going. I bet you wouldn't say, I'll see what I've got going on and maybe I can work it in. Why is it so hard, though, to commit to something for the kingdom work, but yet it's so easy, you give somebody a Taylor Swift concert, including adults, they'll fly four or five states away to go to it. You, I'm going to tell you, listen, Coy Brown, you give him Taylor Swift concerts, he'll drive the John Deere to it. I'm just teasing. I just saw his face when I said that earlier, and he was saying, no, he wouldn't. But people will do all of these crazy things for a musician, for a concert. But God forbid you invite him to fellowship with some believers. Uh, I'll, I'll wait till it gets closer and see if nothing else comes up. It's what they want. don't say. I don't know if I'll be busy. If you can't sacrifice for the kingdom work and the fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd guarantee you all to step back and punt. There's something bigger going on. I don't know what it would be about believers that you wouldn't want to spend. I don't know if that just doesn't sound exciting to you or what, but we have been blessed with the salvation bought and paid for through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What more can we do than to want to be a part of the blessed assembly that God has given us. Remember, it's not about Longview Baptist Church. It's not about it. It is about the kingdom. The kingdom is the singular kingdom universal. Every man, woman, and child is a follower of Jesus Christ today. We have worshiped with together in unison and lifted up a corporate sacrifice of praise united with them to the Lord. God didn't go, okay, did you get long views? All right, got there. Uh, did you get Beulah Baptist churches or whatever? Godly, I'm talking about godly, God-focused, God-honoring, God-glorifying, Bible-following. That's what I'm talking about, okay? You got a lot of 
stuff out there that's flim-flam. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about solid, God-loving, God-believing. You've got Church of God and uh, the Kajik, the Church of God in Christ. There's some really solid churches out there, okay? But I'm talking about today, we worshiped with them in singular. Remember, e pluribus unum, many become one. Talked about that today. Red and yellow, black and white, all over the globe, we lifted up a singular sacrifice of worship to the Lord. We're one in Christ. That's what God's called us to do. Why would we not want to be a part of the assembly that Jesus Christ died and God established for us to find a place of strength, a place to huddle? Football games, right? Huddle. We get together on Sundays to huddle and what? Go out and the game is the rest of the week. But we do our huddles on Sunday, the plays, right? As we go in here and are challenged and encouraged and exhorted and sometimes convicted. It's interesting how the harder, if I was in here jumping on your feet tonight, I get more encouragement back when I absolutely scorch y'all. When God lays a message so tough that I'm about to puke when I come in to give it, I have more people come up and go, man, that was fire tonight. And I'm getting there going, good gracious, I figured y'all going to be running out the door throwing up. But people want to hear the truth. That's the difference now. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my son about it because I'm getting it's really good with having him here because at that age group, I'm getting the perspective of the mid-20-year-olds. In the mid-20-year-olds, I just want to tell you this, you can't blow smoke up their skirt. I'm sorry, they're, they're out of that. They want the truth. They want the raw truth. They're sick and tired of being told, you're a winner, everybody's a winner. They've been told that their entire lives with their little participation trophies, and they know they're not. They're losing. In many cases, these kids are losing, and they want to hear the raw, honest truth. Pretty powerful, isn't it? Well, I think we all really want it, don't we? Because even in my generation, <laughs> my parents never did it. My parents called a spade a spade, and if you didn't like it, well, that's fine. They'd give you a whooping to include. Whip it in, amen? And I'm thankful for that because it made me the person that I am, and I'm thankful that truth, whether it's tough, hard to hear, it's still truth. And that's what we all need, though. We need truth, and that's why it's so important for us to be people of our word. Don't be scared. Don't let that scripture encourage you. Oh, I better not say anything just so I don't break my promise. No, if you make a promise, do it. If you say you're going to come help at a work day or you say to a friend or a lost friend, on top of that, a lost friend, hey, I'm coming over to do X. Go do it. I don't care what it costs you because being a follower of Jesus Christ requires sacrifice. And that is an important thing as believers that we do what we say mean what we say and say what we mean because that is the real deal as followers of christ the world sees that they are making determinations and differentiations every single day on what we do and what we don't do now listen to second verse uh, verse 22 but if you refrain from making a vow it will not be counted against you as sin second thing i want to share with you the vow or promise you do not make is the one you don't have to keep don't rashly promise something. Scripture, actually, if you've been in Leviticus, anybody ever remember in Leviticus where it talks about that quite substantially? 
if the unmarried woman makes the vow and the dad hears it, right, doesn't speak out, she is bound to that vow. Anybody remember this? Leviticus? Okay. I hope the rest of y'all reading. I hope so. It's interesting, though. These things have words. These, this, this has power, and there was different levels of responsibility in the things that you spoke back then in Scripture, but it lays out these different lines and differentiation. It'd basically be like one of your children, or one of your children makes a vow, and you hear it, you stop that, and if you don't, then they're even bound by that. Really powerful, but it's a promise. Don't make promises you can't keep. I don't, you ever had uh, people who have tendencies to be not only people pleasers, but they'll make promises? that they can't keep? My brother's son, the one that died three years ago, he was a notorious people pleaser. And I remember going to his high school graduation. John and I rode motorcycles down there to South Carolina to, to go. John and I made it a week. We went to North Carolina, went to Blue Ridge Parkway and did some stuff. But we rode to North, South Carolina, went down there, and uh, we go down to his Senior graduation, right? We go to his graduation. We're at the house. Where's Luke at? Luke had promised three different people he'd be three different places. So he's got all these friends that are (laughs) at his house for his graduation party. But he ain't there. Because he had promised three other people that he was going to be wherever they had wanted him to be. So he was going nowhere fast. And I remembered that, and I actually was sitting there going, what kind of mental issue can you be struggling with that you would have, beyond the first one, how in the world could you have told, in essence, four people because you have three externals and one internal? (laughs) I can't imagine living with that level of people-pleasing. Listen, I have a hard enough time with the one thing I've got to do to make sure I show up, you know, and, and keep that in focus, right? My ADD. It's all over the place. All right, focus now. All right, where do we have to go? Tell me again. All right, got it in my watch, got it in my phone. Y'all know it. I have about, I tell about four people at my house and my phone. Don't let me forget, right? Because I want to make sure that I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm not double booked. Anybody ever been double booked? How horrifying is that feeling? Isn't it terrible? Because what you've got to do is you've got to call one of them and say, by the way, you just lost out. Because I didn't, and then you try to, you know, explain away your failings. And it's embarrassing, isn't it? Even in my ADD self, I've got to be careful that I don't overpromise and underdeliver. Because the world's watching. They are. And the sad part is, though as Christians, we have a hard time with them seeing that and making a determination on our character based on that. I'm just sorry, but that is a reflection of who we are to them. We can't put the standard out for the world in how they see us. We have to be above reproach as Christians so that the world has nothing with which they can sit back and go, yep. I knew they're a fake because that's what they're doing. That's why I know, especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, the microscope with which I'm under, I cannot overstate to you. And I mean that because many of the people that I work with are vocally anti-everything 
spiritual. So they're watching, they're listening. And remember, I didn't go in there and tell them I'm a pastor. One of the girls in there knew it, and she made sure to make it a point to tell every person in there. So what happens? I knew from day one that every single person in that facility, from patients to staff to administration, knows who I am. That's okay, because I'm going to live the same way that I was going to live either way. But what I know is that I have to continue to be above reproach. Would I have used that otherwise as to say, oh, I can act a different way in here? No. But I know they're watching the same way. But now, instead of just having a few eyes on me at a time, I have hundreds. And it's a very, not only humbling, but it can be intimidating. And I have to watch when I get frustrated. I have to do that. The Bible says, in your what don't sin? In your anger. Nothing wrong with being angry, is there? I've gotten angry a couple times. Why? Because they were doing things they shouldn't have been doing, and I had to call things to account. But I had to maintain a godly integrity and a godly character so that it did not taint the ability for my testimony to continue to be what it is. And that's the same thing with us. Same thing with vows, same thing with anger. Again, this all overshadows that goes in the, in the umbrella of our testimonies. What is your testimony worth to you? To me, it's worth a lot. And the reason I say that is it takes decades to build a testimony. But it takes moments to destroy it. Moments. One accusation. One place you shouldn't have been, but you were. And if you hadn't been there, they couldn't have seen you there in the first place. There's always a witness with me. There's only one time during the week that I don't have people in people, plural, in my car. And that's on Monday morning. And my car will tell you where I went and how long it took me to get there. Along with my phone and my watch, everything bears testimony to where I've been. I can show you a map and how long it took me to go everywhere I went. The only time I'll be without eyewitnesses is on Monday morning at 6.45 when I pull in there. And then at about 7.45, 8 o'clock, 8.30, depending on what time the nurses get there. And then Tuesday, the same thing. Beyond that, there's no other time that I have time unaccounted for. And I think that's important with us. Because the world can accuse you of any and everything. Amen? And it's so hard to go back and try to establish a testimony when it's been destroyed. And I think it's super important for us to realize that things just like this, that come out of our mouths, make sure your yes is your yes, your no is your no, because anything other than that is from the evil one. And then the third and final thing out of verse 23, it says, be careful to do whatever comes from your lips because you have freely vowed what you promised to the Lord your God. Again, your testimony is your testimony. So whether you said it to the Lord or whether you said it to a person, we're made in the image of God. You said something to the image bearer of God. So when you say something and I say something, just deliver. Just do what you say. If it costs you money, do it. Do it. I had to deal with one of the, um, I'll just say, one of the uh, sales, uh, let's see, sales outlets for home appliances. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to hang out a company even though I really want to. But I went to them at the 5th of this month. That's how long it's been. Did you just get a dishwasher? Remember, we have 11 people, dishwasher, the the ones in charge of the dishwasher weren't faithful with it, and they ruined it. Just leave it at that. 
So I had to go buy another one. So I bought another one, and it was on the 5th, and they said to deliver it the week of the 20th, 19th, whatever it was. Well, they couldn't help it. It snowed. They said, we'll come back, and we'll deliver it on the 23rd. They evidently pull up to my driveway on the 23rd, don't call, don't do anything, and don't come up the driveway and say, sorry, we missed you, the little tag on the door or down at the bottom on the uh, mailbox. Well, I didn't like this time, but, you know, just come on and deliver it, right? Tomorrow, next day. Oh, no, we can't deliver it again until the 30th. So I had to call and love them up. And remember, I'm firm but kind, and I said, that's just not acceptable. I said... I had the manager call, manager didn't call, and I said, listen, just refund my money. So I called another establishment locally and said, I need this. And they said, all right, we'll have it to you on Friday, which was this past Friday. It was a lot quicker than the 30th, right? Remember, I bought the other one on the 5th. But those people, I had a long talk with the manager. I said, you know, listen, I can't be the person that keeps your business afloat. Your word is. And I've been using your company for decades. As a matter of fact, when I had my business, I used your business extensively for 25 years. You have made a big mistake. You don't do this. Y'all are going to hurt yourselves in your business. Yeah, I know we got all these problems, but I said that's the problem is you make statements. When you don't fulfill your word, you hurt your testimony. That's the same thing with us. It hurts our testimony. Super important for us as Christians to be steadfast. Mean what you say. Say what you mean. Again, the title of tonight's message is Mean What You Say. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Anything other than that's from the Lord. By the way, you started reading your Bible and you told God, you know what, this is going to be the year I do it. Don't break your promise to the Lord. Not only will you not get the fulfillment of what it means to finish and the fulfillment of finishing. Some of you read it three times a year. I know this from cover to cover. 15 to 20 minutes a day, you'll read from cover to cover every year. You will not know the absolute feeling of success, the blessing, the overwhelming feeling of accomplishing something huge if you don't finish it. The enemy will capitalize on that because every time I mention it, you're going to feel guilty about it. Stay faithful to what you promised God. Stay faithful to what you promised God. Test him. What does the scripture talk about? Test me in what? Giving. So test him in his word. God, I'm going to read your word. And I don't know if what he's saying is real. I don't know if what Brother Jonathan's saying about God's word doesn't return void. I, I don't know if... If all of that stuff he talks about in these verses he spouts out really means that much, when he says he's going to pour his thoughts out to me, I don't believe it, but I'm going to try it. Right. I'm making you a promise right now. I guarantee you God will supercharge your walk with him, your marriage, your relationships, and your life if you do. This will single-handedly transform everything about who you are, what you stand for, and what you're about. But if you don't do it, I can stand up here until I'm blue in the face, challenge you to do it. I can challenge you with Scripture like tonight, but if you just see it as, 
yeah, it's just church. The preacher gets up there and hollers for a little while, does his thing, and we go home, and that's just what it's all about. You're missing the boat. I mean that. Because God's word will single-handedly transform everything about who and what you are. But if you don't challenge him in getting in it and saying, God, I've never seen your word from that perspective. I've never seen your word, God, as something that can change everything. I've just seen it as these old stories of people that lived a long time ago. Look at it from the perspective of what I just said a few minutes ago. Look at it from the perspective of God wanting to speak to you directly to every hurt, every struggle, every battle, every longing that you've ever had or ever would. God will answer every question you will ever have if you will just allow him to speak. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight, Lord, for your word. God, thank you for the power of it. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. And tonight, I just pray that we'll be people of our word, that the world might see Jesus lived out in our lives. Father, thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us, that your mercies are new every morning. God, thank you that as we go out on our mission fields tonight, Lord, you will equip us as your word speaks as your Holy Spirit continues to affirm the truths of your word to our hearts, and as we continue to spend time in the word in our own time, God, and you speak to us individually, uniquely, Father, as your spirit pours out your thoughts, your heart, Lord, your struggles, your battles with us, and where we are not meeting the standard that you've called us to, and God, as you conform us into your likeness, God, so many times it is through great pain in the trials and tribulations, Lord, that you bring us forth as pure gold. God, I pray that we will stand steadfastly on the only truth that will ever matter. Thank you for Jesus, Lord, for the bloodshed, the resurrection, the true life that we have due to that. Father, let us go out now with passion, with fervency like never before to share the good news of what you've done in our lives and continue to do. God, I pray that we will be faithful, that we will stand firm, that we will in the full armor of you, Lord, as your promise that you will allow us and you will hold us fast steadfast as the belt of truth around our waist the feet ready for the gospel father the sword of the spirit your word the only offensive weapon we have god thank you for it the shield of faith father thank you for all that you've given us lord bless us go with us now and we ask all this in the precious name of your son jesus christ we pray amen love you have a great week thank you for listening to headed home with pastor john If you'd like to know more about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit our website at longviewbaptistchurch.org and click our contact link. Thank you for joining us.